Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Monday afternoon, 4 o'clock p.m., Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, fresh off of his trip from Los Angeles. He landed about an hour ago, took the lift over, changed in the back seat, and here he is to tell us all about what he learned. And we are in the, the other studio, Zach. Studio B, you think for Berman, I think for Bo. I think some people might think for butt, but you know, got the I tush don't know bush. Who that. Okay. All that stuff going on. How are maybe you? Ben you look Narek? fresh and clean for a Yeah, maybe B for Ben Narek. B for Ben Narek. We right have a Chuck us? Ben Narek jersey right behind us. Uh, I feel great. Excited for the podcast. Uh, excited for the show, I should say. Lot to discuss. I feel like you coming off now, not a red eye, but like the early morning flight, two yes. cross country flights in a forty eight hour span. Less than that, thirty six hours. Is giving span. us a bit of a post game pod feel for the old the old time sickos. Yeah, my sleep is all over the place. Uh, literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Did you get some sleep on the flight back? A touch on the flight back last night because it was a one o'clock game there essentially. Okay. Right, so I was able to go to bed around eleven. You didn't have there. to do a podcast. Late I didn't into have to do night. a late night show. Uh, did about so so went to bed at eleven thirty. Got up this morning at three thirty. Uh, got a phone call actually from someone on the East Coast at two a.m. So my I was like up and very cryptic. Down. Uh, are you willing to expand on that? Was it Jeffrey? No, it was it was my grandfather. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, and uh, so shout out to Papa B. Yep. So we uh, so not a lot of sleep, but certainly enough to have a good show today. All right. Well, we are uh, we are excited to have you. We uh, have a lot to talk about this five and zero Eagles team, Zach. Uh, their best performance of the season, and I and I do feel like that game was sort of take a deep breath because I know that we have been hemming and hawing about this four and zero start that they have not put together a full complete game. And yesterday, there were a few things that they need to clean up. It was not a perfect game. But I think getting to see that Jalen Hurts can play at that level again, you'd sort of take a deep breath and you say, okay, we're 5-0. and You know, there's still room to get better. But And I know that you've been preaching patience, mm-hmm. but it was four games without him playing at that level. We want to talk about the defense and what a great performance that was. But I do think that the, the top-line takeaway was, okay, we saw Jalen be the 2022 version of Jalen I feel pretty good. Yeah, Eagles fans should feel exceedingly good this morning and this afternoon because, honestly, I understand expectations are higher this year, and that comes with the territory of being a Super Bowl favorite. But 5-0, and oh, man, that doesn't happen very often. No. Right? And there's a lot of teams in this league who are sitting here at 3-2 and two this week, and they're, they're like, all right, there's, there's reasons to be optimistic right now. 5-0. and oh, uh, Jalen Hurts was awesome yesterday. You know, I haven't gone back and watched the whole game. I, I watched like the uh, the twelve minute highlight package. Okay. Uh, so saw that, and then just going through some of the numbers. I think you know we can take for granted Jalen and the Eagles because of what we saw last year. It doesn't happen very often that a quarterback throws for over three hundred yards and rushes for seventy plus yards. Like he, it, it happened in the Super Bowl, and, and, and we were celebrating that performance, right? Uh, and the Eagles overall, the it was the worst offensive game that the Rams have played this season. Okay, and the Rams have played like teams that are you know highly thought of: Cincinnati, Seattle, right, uh, San Francisco. And this was the the worst game that they that that they played. That says something about the Eagles' defense. So I I agree. I I mean I'm not trying to like tell you all to drink the Kool Aid. What I am trying to tell you is appreciate being 5 and 0 because what the Eagles are doing now is pretty rare in the NFL. Back-to-back seasons. Mm-hmm. Not for nothing. I think that's right. So, uh, we'll talk about Jalen Hurts. We will circle back on Goose Wisely from last week. We'll circle back on our roster to so declare a winner there, but uh, we do want to start with Sean Desai, but before we get into that, any other trip any other stories from the trip, Zach? Uh, you know, getting out to LA, mm-hmm. uh, you said the locker room, you didn't say this on the post game but it was actually not very good. Yeah, the actual locker room itself was mm. not really a conducive working environment locker room, which is odd because so much of the stadium reminded me of Dallas. Yeah. And Dallas is probably the best road locker room we cover in terms of the, you know, when I say, right. I'm, I'm talking about space, you got to understand, in a, in a locker room, um, they're trying to catch a flight, people are are changing, packing their bags, like it, it ha- 
everything happens quickly. People sure. are, are in and out. They, they, they need their space, rightfully so. And a lot of these teams, their visiting locker room is is uh, that's not where they invest the mo- the uh, resources. No, right? purposely so, yes, right? You it, know, make it, the other exactly. team uncomfortable. You know, and I was actually talking to a player last week about his least favorite opposing locker rooms. Okay, and 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 what do you think came up first? Green Bay. No, but Washington. Washington. Yeah. Yes, Washington came up first, and so <laughs> Washington's pretty low on all these lists. Washington's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's those stories of like the uh, the pink wallpaper done to uh, what is that? The Billy Bean thing? No, that's Iowa. That's Iowa. Iowa okay, football you know, to yeah. you know, bring the Hayden testosterone Fry. down. Yeah, yeah, Hayden Fry. He was, a, I think, a psychology major. Okay. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, and so what was bad about this one? Proximity to the shower? Too much nudity? <laughs> I just think the the uh, the space was a little tighter than it probably needed to be, and just like the layout. You know, I praised the architect last night of the, mm. of the stadium. I don't think the architect spent a lot of time on the logistics of the, of the locker room, like um, because, yeah, just it was it was just an odd, oddly shaped locker room uh, okay. in terms of. So that was the only negative. Otherwise, amazing stadium, easy trip in and out. Uh, love going to LA. Look forward to going back and spending more time there. Had a nice dinner last night at one of my favorite uh, sushi places. Oh, okay. Anywhere. It's called Sugarfish. I've heard of Sugarfish. Yes. Uh, and for like $35, you can have, you know, they they bring out like a sampler, a sushi sampler. It was sure. very good. And uh, and then I did some work. I caught a few I'm hours of sleep. i with the stars over here, Zach Berman. <laughs> I caught a few hours of sleep. And this morning uh, was in the airport pretty early. And how are you feeling about this Phillies game, Zach? Well, taking game one was critical. I mean, everything at this point is gravy. It, well, I shouldn't say everything. It's tonight's yeah, gravy. Zach Wheeler on the bump. I wouldn't yeah. call it gravy. You want yeah. to get this one. So I, I'd i be confident in, in, in the Phillies. I thought the Braves' best chance was Spencer Strider on the mound, game one, full rest at home, and Strider didn't deliver. Well, Zach, things are, in fact, heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to finish the season strong. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash baseball for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. If you are in the market for uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tailgate scene, mm. Before the game on Wednesday, we have a great tailgate with the PHLY diehards right outside uh, Citizens Bank Park in the Jetro lot. Check that out. Lots of exciting stuff coming up this week. Now we can we can focus on the game. Yes, let's talk okay. Eagles. Let's talk about the defense first. Absolutely. Because I think we're, we're always going to be offense-focused, and we can talk about some well, of the things that they did on offense. Let's not say we. You tend to be offense-focused. Well, because offense matters more. <laughs> okay. But... Um, Shutting out the Rams Mm -hmm. in the second half after that opening drive for the Rams seemed like we were going to be on the verge of sort of a who can score more shootout coming. And, uh, you know, you're throwing out Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks to cover Cooper Cup. That first drive, I'm counting, it's like completion on Goodrich, completion on Nicholas Morrow, completion on Eli Ricks, completion on uh, all these different guys. You know, where are the good guys covering their best wide receiver? But second half, they shut him down. Darius Slay in the locker room said something to the effect of what they changed was just sort of going back to basics, yep. staying on either side. For thought, communication purposes. For communication purposes, which I thought was interesting. In the first half, you did see Slay following Cup yep. a little bit 
sometimes in the slot. I, that was sort of on my mind too, even on the Bradbury, the Pukunakua touchdown on Bradbury. You know, that is not Bradbury's natural side. You wonder mm-hmm. what effect that might have played there. But what did you think of the coverage on that play, real quick? I thought it was pretty good coverage. Yeah. yeah I thought it was, thought it was there. You, you need to turn your head, but it was a great throw by. Stafford and a nice catch by Puka. Yeah, totally. That yeah. was a tipper cap. Yes. Those guys get paid exactly. to kind of play. Um, and I thought that there were some missed opportunities for the Rams. Uh, I didn't think it was a perfect performance in the second half, but certainly the, the, the defensive line got home. But I just wanted to sort of highlight because every game doesn't have to be a referendum on Sean Desai versus Jonathan Gannon. I know that we exhaust that topic. But one of the big complaints about Jonathan Gannon over the past couple of years was that Against the good quarterbacks. Yes, and Stafford's one of them. Those guys carved them up, okay? So I went back over since the start of the Syriana era, 2021, 2022, 2023, and this is a pretty wide berth of good quarterbacks. Uh, the top 20 quarterbacks over those three years in EPA per dropback. So okay. anybody who qualifies, and, and this is Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Jimmy G., Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff. Of those 15 games, this was the third best performance that the Eagles have had, basically, by EPA per drive, by points per drive, by success rate, by EPA per dropback. And those other two are, one of them is the Jared Goff game in 2021, the 44-6 to game. The so Jared that, Goff game. <laughs> that barely counts, yeah. yep. right? Uh, and I also, by the way, I threw out the uh, Dak Prescott game at the end of the 2021 season. The only other game that was worse than this for an opposing quarterback was the Kirk Cousins game from Monday Night Football last year when he threw a bunch of interceptions in the red zone. So Stafford, uh, 0.4 EPA per drive. The success rate was under 50%. That only happened uh, five times in this 15-game sample, including that game. Uh, and the, like, the numbers are stark. Obviously, the Mahomes performances are, are as good as it gets. But uh, to see Sean Desai come out and have a different plan, which I think was another Gannon criticism, was that there was not a lot of in-game variability. Um, I just think that if all you were hoping from with Sean Desai was trying something different against the best quarterbacks and not just sort of sitting back and taking it, I thought this was a really, really encouraging performance from, from him and the defense. Well said. And I thought that it was a, it was a creative game plan. They did it with... Out their top linebacker ostensibly in Nicobe Dean. They did it uh, with mixing and matching slot cornerbacks throughout the game. They they did it with a safety who's missed, you know, who missed time last week. Uh, so was was really impressed. And to build on your point, I think it, it's it's very productive. Obviously, to look at the Eagles' history. Sometimes kind of the rebuttal that you hear is, well, good quarterbacks do this to most teams, right? So what I also try to do is is look, all right, well, how did this game compare to the other teams that this defense played? Or I'm sorry, that this offense played. And I, I referenced this before, but this the the Rams who've played against the Niners, who played against the Seahawks, who played against the Bengals, this was their fewest yards per game, their fewest yards per play, their lowest rushing output, their lowest yards per pass. Uh, and to your point about Sean Desai being creative, especially relative to what we saw from Jonathan Gannon over the past two years, it was the most that the Rams have been blitzed all season. Mm. And you don't typically think of the Eagles as a blitzing team, but uh, you know when I, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here. When you and I were chatting a few feet away in in the office um, before the show, and I, I said. I, I, I know you had watched the film. I, I haven't watched the film yet. Well, I wouldn't call I, it the film. I okay. just the, the, the TV copy. The TV yeah. copy, yeah. Yeah, what did you think? I said, what did you think of the, of the way Roby played? And you mentioned that he blitzed a lot. You know, he, he blitzed a decent amount. Right. Um, that's, that's a creative way to use someone who literally just joined the it's team like, on it's, Wednesday. That's actually sort of what Sean Desai has been doing with his bit parts on defense. Like, it's why Nicholas Morrow had three sacks last yeah. week. It's like, these guys he can't necessarily trust to be in the right spot. Let's just sort of send them <laughs> at the quarterback. The quarterback. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, and uh, the other thing we should mention is, uh, you know, I, I talked about how, how they were missing key players on the back end. They were missing Fletcher Cox yesterday. And Fletcher yeah. Cox has been extraordinarily productive this season. Uh, he's, he's kind of like the, the mainstay. We've talked about his playing time. And then they were able to get uh, pass rush production. They were able to get strong run 
um, defense from their defensive tackles. Jalen Carter was awesome, as we discussed. The um, the Goodrich Eli Ricks part of this game plan uh, reminded me a little bit of EJ Smith, and I'll uh, I'll explain okay. why because Hope I think EJ's there was sort him. of a uh, a four dimensional chess thing going on here. In I think like the first week of training camp, uh, EJ you know was was sort of all about Nolan Smith on the sidelines talking about him, and he's he's like you know I kind of think that that Nolan Smith might be a better player than Jalen Carter if I had to pick. Now, that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but if you consider that EJ was at that time working on a Jalen Carter story, going down to his hometown, trying to write the definitive Jalen Carter piece among the Eagles beat, I think he was maybe just throwing us off the scent. And he was saying, oh, I'm going to talk up Nolan Smith so you don't connect me to Jalen Carter, you don't see this as coming. That's four. It's a bit uh, of a yeah. uh, you know, a bit of a rope a dope. Okay. Maybe Sean Desai comes out in this game and he's like, "I'm going to feed Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks to the uh, Cooper Cup Wolves on this opening drive and and lull the Rams' offense into a false sense of security, and then we're going to come in with Bradley Roby and what our real plan is on defense." Yeah, that's not an advisable game plan, right? I I, I wouldn't suggest that. I don't know if EJ did that. That that's if, if EJ did that, that's pretty impressive i'm i don't i don't think that deeply about it i i usually just don't talk about the story i'm writing right <laughs> i'm not trying to, to to get anyone off the scent but i i hear your point i i think part of it was experimentation i i know from you know asking around last week uh there was a thought that like they would have to slow play roby just because to take the full allotment of snaps and we talked about this on friday's show to take the full allotment of snaps at that position uh, without having played football for a month is is a, a, a big responsibility. Uh, so maybe they they wanted to see game flow, but Roby's a veteran. He he knows where to be. Uh, he's like like the Eagles brought him in specifically for this reason. Uh, so I, I I see your point. Also, what you want to do is you want to try to develop the Goodrich a Ricks combination. Goodrich surprised me um, in terms of how much he played because you know they've had ample opportunity to play him there. Uh, but Ricks is very bizarre. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they literally put him on the game day inactive, the first game without Avante Maddox. Like that tells you what they thought of his performance. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Ricks has, has been, has been working in, in the, in the slot. I'll give credit to Andrew DeCecco, uh, uh, from the inside the birds podcast. He, he, um, he wrote, uh, like a rookie diary and he has, Rick's like uh, he's he's talked to Rick's about adjusting to okay. the slot in in recent weeks. Uh, so I think that uh, that overall the the way that the Eagles were that Sean Desai in particular was able to compensate for the absences of key players was able to adjust the game plan on the fly. And make you made this point over there that you know for for all of the Gannon defending, like he did not have to deal with a lot of this turnover. No, exactly five games, five different you know secondaries for Sean Desai. Yeah, you, you like you think last year in in particular, that defense really didn't take on major injuries. I mean, his first year, Gannon's first year, he he took on a big blow with Brandon Graham in week two. Last year sure. was was Derek Barnett, but Barnett at the, at that point was a, a rotational edge rusher for. And him. You thought that was no big loss. <laughs> uh, he had the Jordan Davis injury midseason, but it, it it wasn't like the amount of. Injuries that they and he had Avante Maddox, but the amount of injuries that they've had this year, in particular in the back end, which was supposed to be the big question, uh, that that really jumped out to me. What about? Uh, I know that you are. Uh, I think you won today, this morning, among the early risers for the beat writers. You got the uh, the the snap counts out okay. first. Was there any doubt in your mind? Yeah, sometimes Sangaro beats you to it. Dave Z is good. Dave Z's been he he's had some really good stories recently. By the way, I'll give credit to him. He had a good Jake Elliott piece that ran Friday where he spoke. Uh, do you remember uh, the other day on the show when? Well, I think it was on the show when we we're talking about Caleb Sturgis. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he you spoke were like to Sturgis. Yeah, he spoke to Sturgis. That's great. I love that. <laughs> he, he called, I missed that. He called Sturgis. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 giving out credit on the oh, show. That's credit great. To I love Dave that. Zingaro and NBC Sports Film. That was a good idea. Yep. Uh, so, uh, as the man who tweeted him out first and got mm-hmm. got your name on the uh, on the scoreboard, <laughs> what jumped out to you? Well, Jalen Carter taking seventy percent of the snaps. Now the Eagles didn't have a lot of defensive snaps overall, only fifty six snaps, mm-hmm. right? And that part of that was because of 
the offense's time of, of, of possession. So you look more at percentages more than like the the volume of snaps. And Jalen Carter taking 70% of the snaps jumps out because that's not the way they've used him, of course. Uh, and then and then conversely, you know, Jordan Davis taking 41% of the snaps. I thought Jordan Davis might take a, a little more. It was clear that Milton Williams was the number two defensive tackle. He took 59% of the snaps. What do you make of that? I think they uh, – well, what they, happened? Like, they really like First Milton. two weeks, Jordan Davis yeah. was looking like a superstar, and it feels like he's been pretty quiet since then. Yeah, they, they really like Milton Williams. We know that. Uh, and – I guess they just like that Carter that Carter Williams combo. It's a little bit surprising. A bit, but I think Williams has has earned it with the way he's he's played. I, I do think they need to find more playing time for Jordan Davis, though. Okay. Yeah. What else? Uh, what else here? So we talked about the the playing time distribution at slot. Goodrich played thirty two percent of the snaps. Ricks played twenty three percent of the snaps. Roby played forty five percent of the snaps. So really was a, a timeshare at that position. Uh, and other than that, I, I, I think this was, it was kind of what we expected. Nolan Smith remains a, a bit player from a defensive perspective, only 14% like of snaps? the snaps, but I think uh, well, he had eight snaps. Okay. Um, but if we're also including the offense in, in this, uh, it's really worth mentioning this because we talked about it on the show last week. We wondered if Alameda Zacchaeus was going to push into Quez Watkins' playing time. Quez took 66% of the snaps. Zacchaeus took 11%. So you're looking at 52 to 9. Yeah, let's let's say that because okay. we'll talk about that on offense. I think that is I think that's about to flip. Interesting. Well, I think yesterday was the final straw for Quez in Nick Sirianni's eyes. Okay, Sirianni did say. No, no, we'll we'll get to it in a bit. We'll we can talk about it if you want. No, but. no, no. In the business, we call that a tease. Okay. Stay, you know, stay after some of our ads, and later on the show, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, but DeAndre Swift is clearly taking over as the top running back. Sixty-two percent of the snaps. The Gainwell's thirty-eight. Uh, I always like to give you guys the offensive formation uh, distribution because I, I I think that 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 can tell a lot. 11 personnel, they were heavy 11 personnel again, 75.6%, 17.9% in 12 personnel, 6.4% in 13 personnel. They remain very efficient in 12 personnel, mm-hmm. though, uh, among the best in the league. Um, back on defense, I think the return of Justin Evans sort of quieted things down a little bit in the secondary. I think that was a, a difference maker. Do you feel like if Nicobe Dean does, in fact, return this week, which he is eligible to do, you think it's one for one, him and Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Mora moves to the bench? That's what I expect to happen. What do you think? Yeah, I would, okay, I would say yeah. so. I, I think Nicholas Mora is, is an issue at yeah. the moment. Now, I did, I did ask you what you thought of the way Moro played. Uh, I think that obviously— Nicholas Mora or Moro Ojimo? Nicholas Mora. Uh, this I saw a couple nice rushes from Moro Ojimo in his first game of the season. his first game of the season. There were three. Of course, one of the core four of the Bo Wolf camp crushes from this year— Joining Tanner McKee, Christian Ellis, and Reed Blankenship. Of course, yes, uh, because you can pick four, right? <laughs> uh, I I think it's it's it's. <laughs> I lost my uh, train of thought there. We were talking about uh, Nicholas Morrow. Um, the organizational investment that the Eagles have in in Nicobe Dean cannot be understated. Uh, they they want him to be the top linebacker here. So I I think unless Nicholas Morrow played so outstanding in these few games and he has been productive but it's not just the stats it's like the down the down uh i don't think there is any scenario in which nicholas mora could have taken nicobe dean's job i agree i agree yeah. so but you're saying unless he i don't even think if he if he was out there as bobby wagner i don't even think that i think really? nicobe dean would be back in the lineup yeah okay i mean if he was out there as bobby wagner that'd be a shout out to shield capati that'd be a good problem to have there you go um yeah, I think I think uh, I mean I still think that Christian Ellis should have been on the field, but that's uh, necess- not necessarily here nor there. In terms of uh, what they did defensively, you were I know you mentioned in terms of against the Rams, it was a high blitz rate. It was also the, the Eagles' defensive highest blitz rate of the season. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, I think it was interesting. Um, there were a few plays where. In the second half, it, you know, there were there was the one downfield to Tutu Atwell where Stafford sort of missed him, but that was a really difficult throw to make uh, the way that he, he tried to throw it. There were a couple times where, where he and Cooper Cup were not quite on the same page, but I, I do think that the, the real difference was 
the defensive line just getting home. And then your boy, Hassan Reddick, gets those back-to-back sacks because they do come in waves. <laughs> Hassan says bunches. Nick says waves. But either way, confirmed by both of them yesterday. They, they, they both mentioned that. Hassan Reddick. Now, they do come in waves if, if it is, a, in fact, like a backup right tackle comes in and Hassan Reddick can just beat this guy up because that's what happened. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that it was it was Warren McClendon mm. who I saw. <laughs> I'm giving credit to everybody today. Uh, Mike Sealski's column in the Inquirer this morning. <laughs> um, it was. You got to be more of a tessitor and just take whatever and yeah, give yeah, no just, credit. Yeah. Just just say I I read yeah. it, so therefore it's mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 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 so um, Jalen Carter said to him, said to Hassan Reddick. Like, you know, when because John Carter went to college with McClendon, mm. you know, uh, beat him with speed. And I think. Oh, that's funny. I think Hassan Reddick was like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Zach working blue. <laughs> something like that. So, uh, but clearly I'm, I'm, I'm not discrediting Hassan Reddick for anything, man. You see him come around that edge. They try to chip him with a running back. He is, he's so electric coming around the edge that I, I, I just look at, at Reddick as, if he's back to what he was, and I, I, I wrote this, a shout-out to allphly.com. Uh, you can check out our story today. When he plays like that, it looks as if uh, that, that was last year's team. He, is, he's, he can be, just be this great closer. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and it's sort of what is so uh, impressive about this Eagles team as a group and what was so impressive last year is that the way things are built, it sort of simplifies the game, right? Like on offense, they've got a great offensive line, a really good quarterback, like three great guys to throw to. And you go up and you, you, like, you don't have to have the, the most complicated offensive scheme. These guys win one-on-one and you get them the ball. On defense, you get a lead. You've got this great defensive line. They can tee off in these passing situations. It sort of makes everything easy. And yesterday was was one of those games where it was like by design of if you were explaining the game of football to someone who had never watched it before, like this is how they they built the team. This is what it's supposed to look like. That was sort of what happened yesterday. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it it kind of worked to how the Eagles want to play, too, where you get the lead. You try to make them one dimensional. You know, there was one stat that I, I couldn't quite decipher the meaning to it, but it was the the fewest or the lowest percentage rather of play action that the Rams have had uh, since Stafford became the quarterback. And I, I asked you what you made of it. And part of it might be that late in the game, you know, they were playing from behind and they had to drop back. This is what Hassan Reddick said. They had to take deeper drops late in the game to go downfield. And that's when the pass rush came at them. Uh, or, or maybe they were just so worried about the Eagles pass rush in, in general. I don't know, but but that that jumped out to me. But you are right. This is I wonder kinda... if that's a uh, a hip thing. Oh, maybe so. Just it occurs to me. What if it? Yeah, maybe it's like a harder for him to get his head around or like to flip his body around with the with the bum hip. I don't know. Just a just a harebrained theory. Because it was like you so out theories. of the ordinary. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you do have good theories. Uh, but yeah, this is how the defense was designed to play. Okay. Uh, I, go ahead. Well, no, I, I mean, before we go, we, we go on. Yeah, I was going to read it. You go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to take this because, uh, by the way, I was, uh, I was talking to my older brother, Josh, the other night. and The oldest of the Burmans. Yes. And uh, he was saying. I have that, my own mnemonic to remember the order <laughs> of the Burman kids. And uh, Josh, was, he's, he's in the market for some Flyers tickets. Mm. And he asked me uh, about, you know, uh, the game time app and where to put the PHLY code and I showed him exactly where to do it because uh, if you're looking for Flyers tickets, you're looking for Phillies tickets, you're looking for Penn State tickets this weekend, the mm. big Penn State UMass game, it's homecoming. Yeah, everybody's talking about that. Yes. Um, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, and game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting Hyped for the fun that you'll have. I was showing my brother the app, and you can see the images of seat views. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Get exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 
get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and you redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, we are recording as uh, Nick Sirianni's press conference is going, so I'm looking to see if there are any news items that have come out of that. But but right now, it does not look like that is the case, so uh, we'll stay tuned there. But let's turn our attention then to, to the offense, Zach. And Jalen Hurts, um, I was so impressed with, with what I saw yesterday. Part of the, the stuff that's concerned me, mm. just from an eye test standpoint, is like that internal clock where sometimes it seems like he's bailing, sometimes he's he's sticking when he shouldn't, and like when he's getting rid of the ball. And I thought it was it was like it looked great yesterday, and not just in terms of when he's in the pocket and not, but like waiting for the exact right time to get rid of the ball. Why are you smiling? What? No, I so I've been looking in your eyes. I haven't been looking up here. Yeah. Um, and I really like the studio. This is the uh, you know kind of want to use this studio more yeah but i'm gonna to have to adjust the mic because uh it's a little high for me <laughs> <laughs> this one down here this novel gotcha yeah. okay yeah so anyways that's uh that's that yeah matt h says he'd be missing a press conference for us he does love us it yeah. i i did text the first thing i texted i knew Bo, when that text came in because this yeah. was one where they don't say what yeah. time the press conference is going to be and when they sent the text this morning about when it was going to be i knew that your heart yeah. must have sunk it was because. this afternoon and i was trying to figure out can we change the show but there was no way we can get the show in and i'd still be able to do the virtual press conference i thought the press conference was going to be 245 that's typically when they do it mm. uh and i specifically made sure that i got a flight that got in before 245 it landed at like 230 and so i was planning on being on that press conference on the ride share over here and it's then my only when facetime I, with nick sirianni these days yeah when i saw that 415 and then i messaged you right away and i was like we're gonna have to miss it i have no choice we got the show this is the nature of these last minute things so uh yeah but i do love our audience and appreciate you watching to your question about jalen hurts yeah, I thought I, I, uh, what, what really struck me, aside from like, you know, he had this really productive game, and we can get to the, the, yeah. the legs aspect of yep. it because we obviously talked about that a lot last week. But as a passer, there were so many throws where uh, it seemed like off a TV copy, he had to wait sort of a beat for the guy to come open. The A.J. Brown crosser deep across the field. There were a couple Dallas Goddard ones, especially on that opening drive that seemed like this. And it just seemed like... He was seeing everything really clearly and and had that sort of uh, like internal pulse of the game that that we saw at, at, at his high points last year. Well said. I agree. And I don't know if it was simply the the defense they were uh, facing that, that he kind of had a beat on it, uh, maybe less complex than what he saw in those early, or I shouldn't say complex, less exotic than those early weeks. This is a defense that's frankly similar to what the Eagles, you know, have it's have run in the past, um, and maybe that aided Hurts. But I, I just thought he got he he got his playmakers the ball. They made plays on the ball. Uh, he had some good throws, some good decisions, and this is the Jalen Hurts that is like a bona fide MVP candidate. And the game really did turn on that final drive of the first of the half. First half, exactly. Right? Um, where we have seen the Eagles be a little bit skittish at the end of the first half of this season. Week one, they didn't go for anything. Week two, they get that long Jake Elliott field goal. But, you know, you had 32 seconds left, three timeouts. You knew the Rams were going to get the ball at the start of the, yep. the second half. You're down at that point. And the throw he makes to A.J. Brown over the middle, the one-handed catch by A.J. Brown was a beautiful throw. It was one of the ones I'm talking about where, like, he had to wait for it to be the exact right time to throw the ball. And I actually thought Goddard was open underneath a bit like uh for more of an intermediate pass he went to he went downfield aj right and then obviously a great play yeah. by aj brown and you get the penalty yep and then you get to you get that sneak but uh in terms of the running i don't think that this is a case where we were making something out of nothing because i do think he looked different yesterday and he wasn't giving himself up in the ways that he was giving himself up mm. in the first four weeks 
Uh, he was turning the corner like we talked about him not doing, like Baldy talked about him not doing last week. And then there were, a, and also there were the called draws, which we didn't see in weeks two, three, and four. And so he's out there breaking tackles on these uh, on these draws, but also on these scrambles where they're huge plays on yeah. third down. And, and you know, you love a third down conversion rate. They were very good on third down yeah. yesterday, Amazing in large part because of his legs. So a uh, uh, question for you here: Do you think he was rabbit eared? Yes. Do you think this was like him saying, "Oh, I want to show you guys. You're talking about me not running." You're talking about this 100%. That think- opening drive was very much like the rabbit ear drive. Okay. He got the ball to Dallas Goddard right away. He had four catches on the first drive. He runs the ball twice, on, and they call a draw from like the 12-yard line or whatever. And then they, you know, they score in the red zone, which yeah. they hadn't been doing. I thought that was very much a rabbit ear deal. Yeah, so Nick Sirianni said there are games when he needs to get freaky, to use mm. uh, Jalen Hurts' term. And this was one of those games. Jalen said when the question came up to Comes him. Comes out in like a garter belt and... <laughs> Oh, I don't know what goes on in the Wolf household, man. Um, uh, no, he, so it's just one of those games. So he brought that, well, the question came up and he was like, he was like, Nick got a chuckle out of you for that. Didn't he? Or coach got a chuckle out of you. Didn't he? Mm. Um, for using that. But yeah, he, he said those whips. He said it was it was one of those again. I don't know what goes on in the Wolf household. Um, he, he said again it was he, he said it was just it was just one of the. He said the time. He said something like when the time's right, it, it comes. I, I think he always had that in his pocket. I do think to your point, there have been so that run to the right side where he juked the defender. Well, he broke one tackle and juked another defender. Had had the big gain. I think that's one that in recent weeks, he's down on the ground. I totally agree. He's he's giving himself up before that contact. Uh, So sometimes this this isn't maybe rabbit-eared as much as uh, I think for as complex as football is and as much as as like the people who coach it and play it want to make like the public doesn't understand what's going on. Sometimes we see the same thing they do. And sometimes we like they they know the same thing we know that this is a special player who can do special things and that in order for him to do those special things you have to allow him to do it. And uh that's that's kind of that was my take from that game. This has always been in him. I I know we talked about was he injured? Uh now I am curious if he, he did take some big hits last night. Um so I'm curious how he came out of that game. But overall, I thought that uh, that this was the Jalen Hurts that I'm used to seeing. What else sort of stood out to you on offense? DeAndre Swift is getting – he got some tough yards, man. Yeah, he's he, really good. Well, I mean, some of us said that back in April. And he's hey, way better than you built him to be. He's way better than I built him to be? Yes. I, I built him to be like Walter Payton or yeah, Barry Sanders. I know. He's better than that. Um, yeah, he's really good. He's really he's good. He's versatile. Uh, he gets extra yards for you. He's an. I, I think I I said on our former podcast this summer that he's going to be an upgrade over Miles Sanders, and he is an upgrade over Miles Sanders. Credit to Howie, credit to uh, but really credit to DeAndre because he's making himself some credit money. to you, not credit to me, man. I'm I'm just. I don't think that that's a super high bar. I mean, let's give Miles Sanders some, some credit. He he was a twelve hundred yard runner last year, right? He's like losing his job to Chuba Hubbard right now. Yeah, I mean, respect the Canadians, okay? Okay. Yeah. Did you know uh, he was he was Canadian? Chuba? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, now you do. Now I do. Um, Sean anyway. says Zach was spot on. Sean, I appreciate that, man. Conan, take a whiff, ZB. Uh, I. I've been on the plane all day. I don't want to take a whiff, mm. but um, I appreciate that. What coming. did you do to just? I, I know that there are there are, are certain listeners who want to know the answer. What did you do to change today? So I'm, I'm, I I got to tip my cap to you. Okay, uh, we have a bathroom over here mm. that is actually very conducive for e- extremely spacious. One yeah, of the, yeah, I didn't. I I I did not know that like existed back there. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, it's it was. Uh, it was much better than the back seat of my car, uh, and certainly better than the back seat of the the lift that you were riding in. No, than the airport. But I I changed oh, on Friday. Yeah. I changed on Friday night in an air or, or I'm sorry Saturday night in an airport bathroom. 
Um, and, Interesting. Uh, yeah, that I don't like that. Man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can give you stories about that. JFK too, I'm sure was. Yeah, yeah, not I was, great. Yes. Um, you don't want to do it at Lucali's? No, there's no place to do it at, at, okay. at Lucali's. Um, but yeah, so I changed. I changed here. You saw me come in in my travel gear. I did, so to speak. Uh, and had uh, yeah, changed. I, I, I changed there very quickly, and um, you know, brushed my. You teeth. strike me as a man who 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 likes to have travel gear, like. You sort of dress for the occasion. <laughs> I don't, like no. you like to have your casual outfits. You like to have your work outfits. You like to have your travel outfits. No, I, so I used to, uh, I don't know why we're getting into this, but I guess this is the why show, not? right? Uh, I'll, I'll give credit to my wife, Emily on, on, on this. I used to just travel in like, you know, like, uh, my, my jeans and, uh, and, and she like, she, I remember vividly when I was going to London <laughs> in 2018. Yeah, yeah, 2018. 18, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, why aren't you <laughs> like in like sweatpants? I was like, and 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 so uh I've added some joggers to the to the repertoire since then. Okay. And, and now so I, I have more It wasn't out of like a misplaced sense of uh you you know, old timey we used we used to dress up to travel. All these people are in sweats. Like you don't you don't look down upon that, it just hadn't occurred to you. It was just like this is this is this is how I'm this is this is what I wear when yeah. I go out. Uh, but yes, yeah, so now I'm probably a little more leisurely uh, when I'm when okay. I'm flying. Now there is a window in that changing yeah. bathroom. Did you take a peek to see if anybody was paying attention? I mean, we're seven floors up here, so mm. uh, no. And I, I I did not. I was I was pretty brief in there. Pun intended. No, no pun intended. I was I was quick in there, brisk. Okay. However you want to frame it. Uh, all right, let's talk about the the Quez Watkins Olamide Zacchaeus thing that we teased <laughs> Sorry, earlier. Um, I think that play, mm -hmm. the third and two, it got Sirianni fired up. That got Sirianni fired up. The uh, it was the same play they called in the first play of the game, right? Uh, a, a, a quick screen to Quez Watkins with Devontae and AJ Brown blocking for him on the first play of the game. He gets five yards, right, and, and looked like a play that could have broken if he had beaten that one tackle. Sirianni is so detail oriented. He cares so much about the details. And I think Quez Watkins is the guy on offense who is like most commonly uh, the one not following the details. Mm. I think that that throw that uh, Jalen Hurts overthrew him on during this game, I think it's because Quez is not running the right depth of the route. Like okay. we just look at where the linebacker is. Um and I know that he's on the field because he has the most speed, yes, right? And he's running these clear out routes and that's great. But I just don't believe that Nick, knowing Nick Sirianni, the way that he is wired and knowing how much he cares about that position, that he's going to continue putting out the guy who keeps making these fundamental mistakes when he has an option in Olamide Zacchaeus who, who does do those things correctly. It seems like at least yeah. from the outside. I hear your point. Now Sirianni did make... The point post game that Quez's speed gives a different dimension to the offense, like you said, uh, and you've spoken quite a bit in the past. The term you've used, I believe, is the geometry of the offense. Correct? Yeah, the uh, spacing. Yeah, sure. And he affects that in a significant way. And I, I was asking. I've around, always liked Quez, yeah, and because I, that speed is real. Yeah, correct. I'm, I'm, but, you actually, you you literally liked him coming out of Southern Miss. You called that one, um, and you liked him more than John Hightower, and you were correct there. Uh, but the, the, yeah, I spoke to AJ Brown last week about this and AJ says getting Quez back is huge for that reason, right? It changes the way defenses are playing because of, of that speed. So the conversation with Quez is, is kind of like it's in the past it's, it's been, does he deserve more targets? Like, you know, is he frustrated? He thinks he's, he thinks he should get more targets. He's fourth or fifth in the, in the pecking order. But if he's used as like your your downfield decoy, if you, if, if you will, clear out space for AJ, for Devante, for Dallas. I like him in that role, and I don't know if Alameda gives you that dimension as much. I agree, and that, but that should be his role. Yeah. No more of these. No more of these screens. Okay. He doesn't break tackles. Yeah. That disparity of playing time between his him and Zacchaeus needs to stop. Hmm. Um, I play, let him play. Let like those eleven personnel snaps. They should be about 50-50. Quez's role should be to run deep. Let's try him on like one or two deep shots a game. 
but the like the short stuff, he's not good at it. Yeah. Well, so uh, Mike in the chat says it's actually Sirianni, who's as we said the press conference is going on now. Nick was asked about that and, and praised Quez for running clearouts, uh, which I don't know if that's faint praise or, but that's the role he should have. And that when he's running that clear out, if he's if he's one on one against the safety and he and, and he's beat him, throw it deep to him. But yeah, I agree. Don't try to get him the ball in space. Um, let that be Devonte. Let that be AJ. Let that be Dallas. Let that be DeAndre. Um, don't don't throw these like quick screens to Quez Watkins. Uh, yeah. I, next I, time you get a, a second and two, let's let's take a deep shot to Quez Watkins. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that three times a game. That's fine. But yes. Like the rest of the stuff, like they they've got to make a change there. Yeah. So uh, I, I see a few people in the chat saying at this point I would take Devin Allen. I mean, Quez, I think Quez's speed's a little, oh, well, I mean, Devin Allen's Devin an Olympian. Li- yeah. like literally faster, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, Devin Allen's an Olympian. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Quez has... I has, mean, Devin Allen is the fastest guy on the team. That is, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a track, yeah, on a track. He, probably no. in, yeah. He's the fastest He's guy the on the team. Guy on like, the team. Are you going to tell me DeAndre Swift? Like, No, I'm not going to, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not debating this. It's and not Devin even Allen, close. And Devin it's, Allen, if you're watching, yeah, you, you've proven it. In the Olympics, yes, I hear. Remember, you. AJ Brown was asked about this yes. last year or yeah. earlier this year. Is like, who's the fastest yeah. guy on the team? He's like, Are you guys joking? Yeah. We have an Olympian. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not even close. Yes, exactly. Agree. Uh, ag- agree. I'm, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think Quez gives them necessarily. Yeah, I, I think Quez gives them that 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 dimension. But I'm with you that you don't want to get Quez on these short screens. There's other guys I would give the ball to for sure. How about uh, the Offensive line and Sue Opeta just stepping right in. No, no questions asked. Well, credit to Jeff Stoutland, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the offensive line was awesome. I, I saw, uh, as I said, for, for I want to be transparent. I think that's important. I haven't gone back and watched the whole game. Um, but I, I did see some stuff on uh, on Baldy's timeline. Yep. Uh, and we're, 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 we're going to have Brian tomorrow, Baldy yeah. tomorrow. And we will we'll, we'll, we'll get a breakdown. Uh, but I've seen this in the past with backup offensive linemen who've who've stepped in and have done decently under Jeff Stoutland, uh, Halapulavati Vaitai, Matt Pryor. I mean, I mean they've had they've had guys who have done this. And, oh, and I gotta take a shot at Matt Pryor, poor guy. What's that? Go ahead. I'm not taking a shot. I'm giving him credit. <laughs> Halapulavati Vaitai, Matt Pryor. <laughs> uh, so I I really think. <laughs> I, I, I really think Sua just gave them exactly what they wanted. Also, um, Sua was instrumental in terms of, I don't know if we would call it a silent count, but whatever count they were using. That little, yeah, yeah. exactly. So he would look back at Jalen and then he would tap her, uh, he would tap Kelsey right. and Kelsey would uh, snap it. I say that because there, there's a certain amount of like, intelligence, situational awareness to be able to do that and then still look up and, and block your guy. Sue Opet has been here for five years. That is like hard to fathom. You don't really have backups for five years. Um, and he knows the language. He speaks Stoutland. He's he's a, he's in his uh, graduate year at Stoutland University here. Sure. And I, I think we're seeing the byproduct of that. The only thing you said that I disagree with is I don't think it takes like that much extra skill to be able to turn back, tap somebody, and just still play your position. <laughs> I mean, okay. as a fifth-year player, I mean, I'm just saying we... there's a there's a lot going on. It's like uh, it's like changing lanes and eating a sandwich at the same time, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it's or not. changing lanes and drinking coffee at the same time. That's but he's not really doing them at the same time. It's one after the other. He does one, and he turns around. I mean, look, it's like tapping your cleats before an at bat. Uh, no, because he, he he looks up the, the the snap comes and then all of a sudden number ninety nine is coming right at you. Yeah, but that's just playing you the position. You try blocking Aaron Donald, okay? <laughs> There's nothing to Seriously, do. I mean, you can't just turn this into you try blocking Aaron Donald. He, yeah, I mean that, that would it's be like, one after the other. Bo, he's that looking would, back. He's tapping Kelsey and then he's playing the play. Bo, that would be like before. he's not looking back as he's playing the play. Okay, so tomorrow before you say hello, everybody, I'm I'm gonna say I'm. I'm I'm going to say, Bo, what did you do uh, last night for dinner? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. That's uh, fine. But it's not even he's not it's not even a thing that he has to think through. <laughs> he just looks back. <laughs> and then he taps the guy. It's like it's like taking a breath. <laughs> it's All like right. a very just let simple the record thing state, to do. Just let the record state that Bo is um is saying Suopeta wasn't that impressive. Yeah, and I was what he did was was what was, was, was impressive was. in between the snaps, not the oh my gosh, I can't believe he had the mental dexterity to be able to look behind him before the ball was snapped. So now he's ripping on Weaver State also. Well, sorry, it's not Wake Forest. Unbelievable. All right. Well, Zach, uh maybe maybe they've got Weber State merch at uh, FOCO because FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Best officially li- uh, it is the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It is football and tailgating season. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game. FOCO has hooked PHLY up and provided awesome pieces for our sets. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too, so get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. Uh, real quick here. So Sirianni said in his press conference today about Bradley Roby, they didn't want to put him in position where he had to play the entire game. They didn't think that would be fair to him. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't, I can't uh, say definitively what I thought about his performance because you, you can't really tell from the TV copy, but it did seem like things settled down when he was playing full yeah. time. So uh, certainly the second half, he I played would have, more and they were better in the second I, I half. I do think that, you know, it's, it's partly an indictment on what they thought of Josh Job, but I think the real thing is they just wanted to get Bradbury back outside. And so yes, absolutely. I have no doubt that it will be, you know, Roby full time in the slot for the next couple of weeks as they, as they evaluate him. I agree with you there for sure. All right, Zach, let's uh, circle back on a couple of things. From last week, Goose Wisely, uh, you threw your golden egg on the uh, one that was both 50-50. You had Puka Nakua has an even number of receiving yards. Unfortunately, he had 71 ah, receiving yards while you gave me the two-pointer on the Eagles received the opening kickoff, which they did. That put me up 2 nothing. I put my golden egg on Aaron Donald has at least half a sack versus yours, which was the Eagles' defensive tackles combined for zero sacks. So neither of us hit there. I, I stood up 2 nothing. You get a point on an Eagles player scores his first touchdown of the season. Dallas Goddard did that for you. I had an Aaron Donald sack thing again. That didn't happen. They both get a point on Jalen Hurts has a run of 15-plus yards, and Jalen Hurts rushes for 40-plus yards. That puts me up 3-1. to uh, three to one. Yeah, no, three to two. Then you tied it up with Jalen Hurts rushes for over 38 yards, whereas I had A.J. Brown has the Eagles' longest play from scrimmage. Dallas Goddard had the Eagles' longest play from scrimmage, so we're tied 3-3. Then we had the head-to-head showdown on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith receiving yards versus Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua receiving yards. I had the Rams duo. The Rams duo took it. Obviously, Devontae Smith only had six yards. We should talk about that in a second. So I go up 4-3. Uh, you had the Rams win the game, and I had the Eagles win the game by 10-plus points. No blood there. You had the Rams score a touchdown on their opening drive. You tie it up, 4-4, and so it comes down to me. At least six of the Eagles' first 10 offensive plays mm. are either a pass, attempt, or a sack. And they open the game pass, 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 run, pass, pass, 5-1, DeAndre Swift run, Jalen Hurts scramble, Jalen Hurts run, Jalen Hurts incomplete pass over the middle. Six out of Boom. ten, a win for me. I go up three one on the season. Okay, it's a long year. What did you? Uh, what do you make of the Devonte Smith aspect of this whole thing? Just the way the cookie crumbles. Is that an analogy this the chat's happy with? They didn't like my analogy before. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think that that's an analogy. Uh, All right, that's a me- yeah, that's a, that's not even. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm on three hours of sleep. That's all right. Here, okay? It's not like you know, your writing is your vocation. <laughs> Sorry, is that a reference that the mm. um, chat's happy with? Uh, yeah, I, I think there are going to be games when when Devon. Look, you're you're not going to have like AJ Dallas and Devonte all having big games at some point. You know, when two of them are over 100 yards, someone gets the short end of the stick. Yesterday, it was Devonte. There have been games when, obviously, 
Uh, Devontae's had a big game, and certainly Dallas has been quiet. Week two was AJ was quiet. I think this is, I've been saying this, I'm not touting a company line. I'm just saying my, my honest opinion, which I think is consistent with Sirianni's honest opinion and Brian Johnson's honest opinion. Pick your head up at the end of the year. The numbers are going to be what they need to be. That said, there's a human dynamic here. There's a human element. And I know the TV copy showed uh, showed uh, Devontae Smith walking down the sideline. A very lonely, long walk. Nick Sirianni uh, kind of consoling. I I don't want to say consoling him, but speaking to him there. The human element of any of this cannot be dismissed because we saw it with Dallas Goddard. We saw it with A.J. Brown. These are competitive guys who, in different situations, would be the top top uh, target on their teams, or you know, at least would would be getting a wide percentage of it. And uh, so, I'm not making too much of it. I, I do think when you pick up at your head at the end of the year, uh, Devontae Smith is going to have a big season, but there are going to be games that look like yesterday. Yeah, I think in the big picture, that's right. I, I'm not worried about Devontae Smith's production, but I think the the human dynamic is a thing yep. that is very much on their radar, radar. We know that it was a thing that they were worried about last week from Dallas Goddard's perspective, and now it's yes. going to be like, okay, we better get Devontae three targets on the opening drive against against the Jets. Yeah, but I also think there has to be a level of sophistication among us as reporters. Like, every time someone doesn't have a big game, it's not, when are you going to get this guy involved? I mean... AJ and Dallas went over 100 yards. I think it was a big story last week with Dallas Goddard because you were because you had a four game sample size. I think week two to week three, given that AJ Brown, we saw the sideline. You know, I don't think that I'm putting this on the reporters because Devontae Smith is the one who's going for a long walk on the sideline. Okay, right? Like if Devontae Smith doesn't do anything, then then yeah, yeah, then we shouldn't read too much into it. But if the players are th- themselves reacting on the sidelines. Yeah to their lack of targets, it is obviously a thing that is going on. Okay. Sure. All right. Fair. Fair. I, I, I see your point. I just like, Devontae's going to, so if, if. Yeah, but he's if, the one, he's the one who is not, pouting is too strong of a word, but he's the one who's reacting to this, the way that this game is going. Well, a I also, I, by the way, I was like a, a real chuckle on the Quez Watkins play, like the way that Devonte throws his hands up when right. he's so mad at, at Quez for not following the block. It was very funny. Yeah, like Devonte is. All these guys think they're open at, at you know instant, and and Devonte probably should have had more targets, right? I just don't like a, a week when Dallas Goddard goes over 100 and AJ Brown goes over 100. Someone's going to get the short end of the stick. It was Devontae Smith. I just don't think. Sure, I, but if Devontae is on the sideline, you know, you know. Yeah, you, I want my wide to be competitive. Dallas want, Goddard and no. A.J. Brown, then nobody's making a big deal of it. We're talking about it because th- that was his reaction. I, I, I want my wide receiver to be competitive, right? Like, I, I want, if, if we're on a show and you make four straight good points and I make four lousy points or I don't make a good point, at some point I, sh- I should be like, Man, I I I, I need to do better. I don't see us as here. competitors. I see us as teammates. Well, these guys are are teammates too. But 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 there will be times when, I mean, they're not competing. AJ's not competing with Devonte per se. But no, there'll be times when I I'll walk out of this studio and I'll be like, I didn't have a good show today, right? I need to be better tomorrow. Or, uh, you know, my my points weren't good enough. Or you didn't pitch me in that situation, right? Um. Or you spent too much talking time talking about me changing <laughs> and not enough time talking about football. Um, yeah, so I just kind of think that if it if there's three weeks that go by and Devontae has eight catches for 80 yards over those three weeks, it's a bigger story. I think when it happens one week, I get the reaction. I'm not like – I think the human dynamic of, the, of, of, of all of this cannot be dismissed. And I think one thing that the Eagles tend to do with – the media is like pretend that the human element doesn't exist. But like, that, I think like we that's saw the that whole with the thing. Jalen and Carson situation is that no one's complaining about yeah. the target disparity or the lack of production. People are noting yeah. that the Eagles have a bit of an issue in juggling all of these egos. Sure, um, but again, like it's it's going to be fixed. It's going to be fi- my guess is it's going to be fixed next week. That's that's why I just have a hard time. I thought the Dallas Goddard thing was more pronounced because it was over four weeks. Devontae's been their leading receiver in what two or five games this year? 
Uh, you tell me. You're yeah. the encyclopedia. Yeah, I, I think two or five games this year. Uh, so, again, okay. I think it's going to be, yeah. I don't think it's 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 that big a deal. And I want my wide, like wide receivers by nature are always like that. And Quez Watkins was like that at the end of last year, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, um, I've covered... Uh, I've covered this franchise for 12 years. I can't tell uh, you how many wide receivers, whether it was Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, um, you know, Jordan Matthews wasn't as much like that, but I mean, Alshon, uh, you know, I can go down the list. It's like guys think they should get the ball and they should get the ball. You're a good player. You should get the ball. There's only one ball to go around. It is a little bit, uh, you think about like you got to take a six-hour cross-country flight. You fly all this way and you get two targets. Like what the hell, man? <laughs> Couldn't that have been a home game? I could have at least driven home after the game. <laughs> like, give me a break. Uh, all right. Well, Zach, the one place that we are competitors is uh, the roster drafts. And so let's let's circle back to this. I don't know if you okay. have the graphic, Bree, but thank you, Bree. Um, oh, I mean, what a what an unbelievable performance from Bree here. Uh, got up on there, you know. Again, I go into this thinking I'm I'm ready to give you a win here, Zach. You got you got. <laughs> How do I not have a win here? You got Bo? Jalen Hurts over Matthew Stafford. Okay, DeAndre Swift, uh, Cooper Cup played well, the but wider, the, 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 the better quarterback, the better running back. Okay. Okay, you've got Cup and Goddard, but your offensive line is is a little bit shaky. I've got AJ your Brown and Devontae Smith. Your left tackle did not play. Bro. And uh, I've, I mean, I've got Puka. I've got Jack Stoll who obviously had a monster game. <laughs> I've got, uh, you've got, you used your first round. You used your first pick on Aaron Donald, but I've got Kelsey, you know, Peta and Lane Johnson. So that's, uh, that's okay. taking that down. I don't know. Make your case. Okay. First off, I, I have the better quarterback in this game. Yeah, the better you got running Reddick back too. in this game. Okay. The better tight end in this game. Your left tackle didn't play. I got Mylotta <laughs> Dickerson. Okay. Um, I'm looking yeah, at this here. Aaron Donald commands all this attention. So I have Hassan Reddick who had two sacks. Now Fletcher Cox didn't play, but that's why I have Milton Williams here. Okay. Um, I got... You got uh, Sidney Brown who didn't play. Yeah, I got Sidney. So that, that's a little bit of a hole there. But I got Bradley Roby um, at, at corner for me. Um yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I won here. Jalen Hurts had 300 yards passing, 70 yards rushing. Dallas Goddard had eight for 110 and a touchdown. I, I don't know how you can sway this in your direction here. I mean, Jalen Carter, yeah, but I, I got Hassan Reddick. Yeah. The but, Reddick's, saying, but Reddick's going up against Lane Johnson. He's not doing that against, uh, against Lane. You know what, Zach? In 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 the spirit of uh, us being teammates and uh, not competitors, and you having flown cross country for thirty six hours and uh, changing in front of the eastern part of Philadelphia, uh, I'm going to go ahead and and declare myself the winner again. Uh, you're wait, you're declaring yourself the winner? <laughs> no, I think you get this one. I'll Thank give you, you. I will give you this one. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, when I still we play think this, it's debatable, but I'm going to give you this one. Uh, when we play this this next week, um, there's a notable absence for the Jets. Vera Tucker out for the mm. season. So the Jets offensive line is weakened uh, with the Eagles. Can I tell you something that's a little bit on my radar about the Jets before we before we go? What's that? This whole thing about like they made Nathaniel Hackett the captain before the game yesterday against the Broncos and they give him the game ball. And it's like, we got to win this one for Nathaniel Hackett. Cause Sean Payton talks smack. Like, I'm sorry. This is not like, you know, the, uh, the water boy who has some terminal disease. Like it's the offensive coordinator who did a bad job last year. Like we have to, they got to stop treating him like he's tiny Tim. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but man, Sean Payton, if you, if yeah, I mean that's true. If you're gonna talk, man, you gotta back it up a bit, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But like the whole like we gotta rally around Nathaniel Hackett, like let's let's take it easy a little bit. I don't know. I mean, the one thing that I know about uh, professional football teams is they love something to rally around, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I mean, if they're gonna find uh, they're gonna find something, and it's gonna be it's gonna be their uh, rallying cry. They. There's the, I've never seen a bunch of people who need to be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got to. And, and, and by the way, we in the media eat those storylines up, right? That's so, true. So we're complicit in as well, well. We've all got content to fill, right? That's true. We have content 
Tuesday, tomorrow at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. Thursday, 11.30 a.m. Friday, 2.30 a.m. I'm, I'm sorry, 2.30 p.m. I wish. I wish it was 2.30 a.m. Emily wishes it was 2.30 a.m. Because uh, once I drive back, we're driving out the Happy Valley. Um, oh, that's right. So, uh, yeah, so a, a big week. We're going to have Brian Baldinger tomorrow. And I love the Sunday-to-Sunday Sunday schedule that we're in. The Eagles don't, uh, the Eagles don't fly again until week 11. Okay, the only road trips in here are the Jets and the uh, Commanders. So, yeah, we can settle into a good routine here. Big for you. I, I do like routine. Okay. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We thank everybody for listening and for watching. As Zach said, back tomorrow at 1 p.m. So enjoy the Phillies game tonight. And we will talk to you tomorrow with Brian Baldinger, probably from this uh, – Fresh studio. Looking I'll, good. Here. I'll bring a phone book like someone recommended. Okay. <laughs> you love those jokes. It's your favorite thing. If, 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 if I make them, it means I can take them, right? Yeah, so. That's true. All yeah. right. So for Bree and for Zach and for Zach's grandpa, I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. <laughs>